Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Yo, yo, what up, dude? Dude, how are you? Dude? I'm good, man. I'm yeah, good. Not too hungover. No. Are you? Not at all. Nice. Good Even for us. I drank a carafe and a half of Colonel uh, Palmer vodka yesterday. But really, yeah. At brunch. At brunch. That was brunch. Thanks for the invite. Oh, it's just small. Small. Yeah. Just you and your lady. Just me and the wife. That's awesome. Yeah. I still could have gotten the invite. That's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. Where'd but you guys go? Went to Ainsley. Classic. Absolutely. I got Everyone. the penne, penne vodka. For brunch? Yeah. Pasta for brunch? Well, it was 2.15 in the afternoon. Okay. So that's just lunch. Is it Linner? No. I feel like it's too early for Linner. When's Linner? Linner is like uh, like three or four. Mm. My right. food didn't come out till three. So maybe it is Leonard. But I feel like Leonard's probably like four. I did five five is like supper. Five is supper. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. When does afternoon tea fit into all this? Uh, typically the afternoon. I like to have my afternoon tea around like three, three thirty. Mm. Typically. What kind of tea do you drink? Earl Grey. Mm. Earl Grey. Yeah. From from Fortnum Mason, which is a department store in England. I got <laughs> shipped over from, from London. <laughs> Very pretentious about my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see. How long we can go without talking about the film at hand? Yeah, we're just trying to prolong <laughs> the inevitable <laughs> because I like to do what I like to do is I like to have a late breakfast mm -hmm. around like 10, 30, 11, and then a lunch shortly thereafter, like 2, 2 30, and then dinner anywhere between like 6 30 and 8. I think that's a very nice timeline, right? I feel like that's a good timeline. Yeah, it's sort of like, um, I'm not like purposely doing it, but it's like kind of like that inter intermittent mm -hmm. intermediate fasting mm -hmm. thing that people talk about. Yes. That's probably why. I tried it once. Not very good. That's at why it. my body's so tight. That's true. That's why you're a thin boy. Yeah. <laughs> thin boy. Um, see, I like, the issue is if I eat dinner too early. Yeah. Then you need a snack. I'm hungry late at night. Yeah. Like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I need oh, a meal. Interesting. I'm in bed by that. Mm -mm. So... No, no. I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> um, Are we just going to keep the lace? Speaking of being, about? well, you know, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of being in the kitchen, yeah. you know, good film has lots of ingredients. Okay. Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about those ingredients here on Straight to DVD, the only movie podcast about movies. <laughs> yeah. Raph, who are you? I'm Raph. I thought we did that at the end. I know, but I was just... But we're, yeah. Yeah, just saying hello. We, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Yeah, we're the only movie podcast that talks about movies. Mm -hmm. We're here to talk about a movie. We there's are. like, there's so many new movies that are like on my watch list. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like West Side Story just came out. That's which right. I'm like, actually really dying to see. Mm. Uh, the trailer looks really good. Every, you don't go to movies, so you don't see trailers. I, um... I have absolutely no desire to see that film. Really, I I I like going to the theaters. I like going to theaters. Yeah, as a move as a musical boy. Yeah, as someone who was raised in, <laughs> in a musical, <laughs> who's seen many movie musicals, been in many musical musicals. Musicals. <laughs> <laughs> um, the stage musical is fantastic. Of West Side Story. The original film is fantastic. Yeah, I don't need to see what Steven Spielberg thinks about. Two rival gangs. There's not, like, maybe there's not a whole lot that he can do. But every time I see that trailer, 
at like first it pops up and I'm like, another West Side Story, like same thing. Love the stage performance. Love the, mm-hmm. the OG movie. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to see this again? And then the trailer is like pretty good. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I want to see it again. Mm-hmm. I want to see a new version. I want to see it. But instead of talking about that or like yeah. another new movie, because it's like that season where they're like actual good movies being released. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so annoying that they save it all for one time of the year. Just like it's December, man. I'm doing other things. I know, man. I want to. I want to watch my new movies throughout the year. Give me something good in February. Give we are seeing something new this Friday. We are, which mm. will be the next episode mm-hmm. that everyone and their mother will be talking about. Boy, oh boy! But instead of talking about something new, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about something that's like not that old. It came out about four years four ago. Four years ago. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of topical because it's like it's like a winter movie. That is true. It and is a winter movie. Yeah, we're kicking off winter Win- season. Winter season. Yeah. We are, of course... Is it a Christmas movie? I hope not. <laughs> um. Dude, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Who... Where did that... To prolong this even further. Where did that um, argument even begin? That Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Who did this? Um... Probably the fact that the movie takes place on Christmas. There are like plenty of movies that take place on Christmas. Oh, yeah. Christmas movie? Yeah. Movies take place on all different kinds of holidays. Yeah. There's like, there. Breaking Bad, there's Christmas at one point. It's not a Christmas show. <laughs> <laughs> there is Christmas at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Goodfellas has a whole scene with Christmas. That's so. right. Well, Goodfellas is a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing gets me in the Christmas spirit more than Goodfellas. <laughs> well, The Irishman's a Christmas movie, too. Yeah. It ends on Christmas. It's kind of a Thanksgiving movie, though. It's true. In November. We're never going to talk no. about the movie that we're... No. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. All right, let's just, just, just do it. Just jump in. Just rip the band-aid off. We are discussing Taylor Sheridan's Wind River. Yes. Starring Jeremy Renner. Starring Jeremy Renner. And Elizabeth Olsen. And, um... Oh, Lord, what's his name? Graham Greene? No idea who that is. You recognize him. He plays the police chief. Um, the the Indian police chief? Native American police chief. Well, that's what's confusing about this movie. Oh, is... boy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> well, no, because... Well, I, I don't know. I don't, like... This is uh, a place of ignorance for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know a lot of Native American people. But I thought we were supposed to, like, use the, the term Native American. But there's a lot of Indian that's thrown out in this movie. And I feel like even the Americans are, like, at times calling themselves and, like, their stuff Indian. So he says he's, like, that he's like the Indian police chief or something. Or like, the Bureau of Indian Policing. You know why he's called that? It's because the white man set it up. Oh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan set it up that way. The uh, infrastructure... What's... <laughs> Okay, here we go. The irony... The irony of someone like Ben, the character Ben. Who's Ben? He's the police chief. Okay, got it. Did you watch the movie? (laughs) There's... He's playing Tetris the whole time. Right. The irony of the infrastructure Mm -hmm. to preserve the way of life and the people that are left Mm -hmm. of the Native Americans in Wyoming is built by... A white man who has taken over America. Mm-hmm. So there's little iron, ironic jabs mm-hmm. at, oh, you're trying to preserve 
them and their culture, you don't even know what you're preserving. You're mm-hmm. calling the police chief in charge yeah. of Indian affairs, whatever. Okay, okay. Um, but I feel like the whole point of that is, like, even if, you know, Ben as a cop, like, wanted that changed. Yeah. He has no power to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why he's so apathetic about, about his job. that's going on. That's why I think all of them are really apathetic. Yeah. All of them meaning... All of Native Americans. All the Natives in the movie. Yes. Ben, um, Jeremy Renner's uh, father-in-law, mm-hmm. or ex-father-in-law, rather, his yeah, ex-wife. ex-wife. His son, not so much, because nice. he's a kid. Yeah. Um, the dad of the... Of the girl who went missing. Martin, who played died. by Gil Birmingham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. I... Dude, it's a struggle. Because, like, I don't know if Taylor Sheridan is, like... If he knows that all of those ironies exist within his movie. And if it is, like, intentional that he wants to, like, show admiration for... Native American communities and their struggles and like is doing it through a movie that center focus is a white dude. And I I don't mm -hmm. know if that's, I get that it like, it's probably intentional, but like, I don't know if he understands that he is like being part of the thing that he's trying to critique and it like, therefore isn't as weighty of a critique as it maybe could have been. Um, I just, I don't, it feels like it's like slightly confused. Like Sheridan is like confused about what he wants to say and how he wants to say it. Um, and it like kind of, I don't know, it just feels like the movie is like tripping over itself. And that it's like, okay, the white people are setting this up, but here's a movie by a white guy about a white guy. And the Native American story is only like tangentially related to this dude. I, and he's still our center focus. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> Too many high I, I understand what you're saying. And yes, that's the inherent... The inherent hill that we have to get over mm-hmm. regarding this film. And and the truth is, I do, I do think it is intentional. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do is I think what he's commenting on is that these people mm-hmm. have been so taken advantage of, so oppressed... Mm-hmm. Um, they are ultimately the the forgotten people mm-hmm. of this country now. Um, and what he's saying is that they have so little left that really the only person that can help them is, is a white, white man. White savior. Okay, so I guess it's... it. Uh, we It's like kind of obvious that it is his intent and that's the hill that we have to climb over. But I don't know if t- Taylor Sheridan is like adept enough as a filmmaker to get us over that hill like like i said before it feels like it's like super clumsy it feels like he's tripping over his feet and like wanting to tackle something and Mm -hmm. wanting to explore something and like not really knowing fully how to get there because it seems like he's also so like i've only seen a couple taylor sheridan movies Mm -hmm. um but i like know about like him and his and his vibe and one the of the whole, two of the couple you saw happened to have been one of the worst movies. Happened to be one of the worst movies. But, like, I've seen Hell or High Water, too. So, like, oh, I'm, okay. familiar, I'm familiar with, like, what he does. I, I know that he's, like, that he kind of start like, working on uh, the... the what, what's Sons the of show? Anarchy? Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. It's all very, like, uh, like this, like, aggressively Americana... He's a cowboy. Like, yeah, he's, like... 
the thing that was running through my mind is like he's in search of a contemporary cowboy and he wants it to feel like of the 21st century Mm -hmm. and like try to inject some of those sensibilities while also trying to hold on to those like classic sensibilities Mm -hmm. and like the two don't really mesh i feel like that's like obviously what he's trying to do with jeremy renner's character like he's uh like a stoic uh Tony Soprano, like, what happened to the Gary Coopers, the strong, silent type? Like, that's what Sheridan wants, but he also, like, like doesn't just want to be, like, I don't know, like, a dude who's, like, pining for the past and, like, trying to bring it to the 21st century. I just don't know if, as a filmmaker, if he, like, has the chops to give us something that properly conveys what it might be that he wants to tell us. Sure. If that makes sense. I, I understand what you're saying. Um... I will say that in the hands of maybe a better director, the film mm-hmm. certainly could have been better. Um, I think, aside from Hell, hell, aside from Those Who Wish Me Dead, which mm-hmm. we have done, yeah. and neither of us liked at all. No. Um, as a Taylor Sheridan fan, I yeah. hated that film. Um, I like all his other stuff, um, but that said, I I think that he's a better writer and conceptualist than he is a director dude the direction this is so bad it was <laughs> like there were moments where where i like audibly laughed out loud um, what at what point in, 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 intern dan can can attest to this but there are also some moments where i was sitting by myself and like actually like cackled um the the first one and i think this is a point where the movie like fully lost me i was like still trying to to get on board mm-hmm. uh but it's when they go to the to the the the, the drug dudes house um and there's a shot of jeremy renner and he's about to kick one of the one of the drug addicts out back mm-hmm. and then it cuts to elizabeth olsen bursting through the door and it was like supposed to be this like really cool like oh man look at how we're cutting together the action short of shot shot and it just didn't land at all it was like he he thinks he's a better director than he actually is and a moment like that is supposed to like enhance the action but it really just came across as like kind of silly and like um i don't want to say pedestrian but like it, it felt like a little like like a little film schooly like sure um like hey this is my first time behind a camera and i just discovered what editing is mm-hmm. so here's an example of that or like the like the flashback scene at the end, which is just like a very the bad knock on the door rip off of Silence of the Lambs. Um, oh, okay. With like that whole like misdirection of like, oh, we're knocking on the door, and then he comes to open it, but uh, psych, it's just a different timeline. Yeah, or but it's Rav, like in the Silence, past. Silence of the Lambs is a different place. This one's is a different time. time, time yeah, line. but like <laughs> Rath. It's not the the, <laughs> the Silence of the Lamb connection was like uh, it just felt like it felt like it was a little too obvious the um, like the inspiration for some of this movie is there like that in Fargo with like Elizabeth Olsen's character sure mm-hmm. so like right before that was the like the, the standoff where everyone's got their guns out and shit's about to to boil and then she knocks on the door or before that, I guess she like tells everyone to put their guns down. It's like, oh, this, she's this little woman, and she's around all these men, and but she's the real authority figure, and she's trying to assert her authority. But like, will the men actually respect her authority? And I've seen that in Fargo 
and in Silence of the Lambs, and I've seen it done a lot better. Um, like, no offense to Elizabeth Olsen, but she's not Jodie Foster or or Francis Mc, Mc, uh, McDonald. McDonald. Francis McDonald. Francis McDonald. Um, McDonald. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. That's okay. That's <laughs> that's okay. You, you have your thoughts and your feelings. It's totally fine. Uh, I, un I understand what you're saying. I think... Was this the first movie that he directed? It may have been. I think so. Um... I do understand what you're saying, but I think what attracts me so much to the film mm -hmm. and why it works for me is that fundamentally, you know, aside from perhaps, you know, very ob an obvious directorial editing choice or, you know, uh, perhaps a something that's inspired by uh, another famous film. Aside from things like that, I think what I really, really enjoy about it is that it is a movie that shines a light on really one of the few last frontiers mm -hmm. in America, one of the last lawless places in America, and the people that populate mm -hmm. it, and why it is so lawless um and how the land plays so much into that and what the people are like as a result of that and quite frankly a movie that shows the oppression of the native american people and how young native american women are taken advantage of and no truly nobody gives a flying fuck the fbi will send one person one little little girl as, yeah as you put it <laughs> Um, and yes, sure, that partially, I think, is inspired by other films like Sons yeah. of the Lambs. This is actually a very good yeah. uh, comparison based on her character and mm -hmm. um, and that little, that little timey-wimey knock yeah. uh, at the end. <laughs> so that is true. Um, but I think as someone who is really interested in character mm -hmm. and sort of how that's conveyed... The, the, the tricky thing that I will agree with you on is that the truth is, I am a white man. What? I am a white man. Wait. And I don't know the authenticity of what's being shown me in mm -hmm. this film. Um, I'm, I can surmise that maybe, you know, it's accurate to a degree, but the truth is... I am a white man just like Jeremy Renner is, mm -hmm. as the, for lack of a better word, white savior of the film. Yeah. And as Taylor Sheridan is, as the white voice shouting the story of these oppressed people that aren't his people. Yeah. Um, yes, there is inherent irony to that. Yeah. That we can't get over. Uh, I guess that'd be like if, uh, I don't know. Um, Steven Spielberg directed King Richard, <laughs> uh, I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the story itself, I mm -hmm. think it's, it's concise, it's short, it's succinct. I think it's, for me, I think it's effective mm -hmm. in spite of some of these film issues Okay. that it has. I guess... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want me to do with that. No, the, 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 the irony is like really hard to get over and it's like, 
this isn't to say that a white guy can't make a good movie sure. that highlights something that is like not of his community. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's like a really hard task, and I don't think Taylor Sheridan is up for it. I don't think he's up for the challenge in the way that uh, he might see himself as. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of my this is just like a weird tangent that I'm going to go on, but I think a lot of my like conflict with Taylor Sheridan is that we have two very different sensibilities in terms of like like America and Americana and like what this country mm-hmm. is and what this country means and what this country like should and should not be about. The like the whole speech of like against big cities at the end, like the anti city sentiment, it's just um like it's there throughout the movie and throughout his movies. Like these are all movies that take place in like, you know, Texas or mm-hmm. the Badlands or you know, whatever whatever it may be. Um just sort of backcountry we'll say like the I don't want to say middle America, but essentially like middle sure. America, like kind of the new West or whatever. Um, and the whole like idea that in the city you can get lucky, but out here you either survive or you die. You know, coyotes don't kill the, the unlucky deer. They kill the weak one. And it's like, dude, like get over yourself. Like you moved to New York city once and you probably like had a bad time because someone like yelled at you on the subway. So you're like, you're angry at all big cities. So, you know, you want to highlight how, how real America is and what real America is like. And, you know, people who fucking live off the, the, the land and the ground and we're the one with the country and we got our guns. And we'll shoot you if you fucking cross me, man. It's like, dude. But I don't think Jeremy Renner's that kind of character at all. You don't think so? But no. he's the one who gives the speech. About- but that's not what he's implying to, to Liz to Liz Olson. All he see I don't think he's I think he, as a character, he has an opinion of what it means. But you don't think that's Taylor Sheridan talking through his character at that point? I I think Taylor Sheridan is talking through all his characters, (laughs) as any good director would. Uh, But he's not a good director. Well, there you go. As any good writer would. Yeah. Um, I think that what he's saying with that little speech to Liz Olsen at the end is that, you know, you fought for your life. Essentially, like mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is the Wild West. This is the last frontier. You fought mm-hmm. because you wanted to survive and you survived. She didn't get lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, it is like a little cheeky sort of nab at, you know, yeah. in, in a city, you know, this kind of, this doesn't happen. There's yeah. people everywhere. There's police everywhere. There's authority everywhere. I think what he's saying is that. Here, in Wind River, there is no authority. You are the authority. You have to care for yourself. Nobody else can help you. Okay, so then here's the question. If this is a movie that does not want to celebrate white male American like machismo and shit, then why is Jeremy Renner the only one who... (laughs) is able to get through all of this sort of like unscathed and alive because if we want to talk about like if we want to celebrate native people and like native women and um i don't know it just seems like they're only in this movie to to die in 
be raped, or I guess raped and then die. And Elizabeth Olsen, as a woman, is like, yeah, she survives, but also, like, she she kind of, like, gets her shit kicked in. And Jeremy Renner is able to kind of go through and navigate through all of the messiness of the movie and come out on top, so to speak. Whereas no one else <clears throat> is able to... No one else is able to kind of, like, reach that same level that that he is on I don't so like how much how much how much are we supposed to be like celebrating straight white american men and like how much are we supposed to be like elevating everyone else up to them if at the end of the day no one else is on the same level i don't Jeremy think Renner. i don't think we're i don't think it's a celebration though of i don't think it's a celebration american man but why is he the only one who gets that well be i I don't think he is. Um, I don't think he gets that at all. I think that his life is destroyed. I think that he's forever haunted about what happened to his daughter, something that affects the Native American people and also him personally because of who he chose to marry. Um, but he's ultimately okay, where everyone else... He's more okay than everyone else at the end of the day. I mean, physically, sure. Uh, he doesn't get shot. Um... But I think that takes an emotional toll on someone. What? To, yeah. to getting getting shot. Sure. Or dying. I think he's still in a better place than his daughter. But <laughs> Well, sure, his daughter is dead. But the, the point of it is It's not is to say that, that he's, like, perfect, but he's more okay than everyone else. Sure, but what... But I'm... What... I don't <laughs> see what the issue with that is. He... he, he his daughter... He's been haunted by his daughter... Who he has no idea what happened to, essentially. He can only surmise that what has happened... That's what Natalie is to him. It's it's a surrogate chance for him. I get that. I yes. watched the movie. Yes, of course. So, so much to this, you know. Yes, of course. Um, so this is something he's not, not put to bed until he handles this. And so, he, as a result of it, he's lost his wife... Um, he's not going to see his son again. Terrible trope. Because his one, his his wife is moving um, to the big city. Oh yes. Uh -huh. um, but he, why he's doing this, you know, especially with his friend Martin, I think it's very telling what his relationship to these people are and the respect that he has for them is. He doesn't have to be doing these things. He's not getting paid to do these things. He's doing them because. A, it's the right thing to do, <laughs> and B, because it has ties into his own personal experience with it, and because he feels like the Native American people is his family, because that is what his family is, because of who he chose to marry, and yeah. The... The separated parents because of a dead child trope is... I'm good. I don't need it anymore. I have no problem with it. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it uh, a consistent theme? Sure. Like the, but... like the man who was broken because he lost a child and is therefore unable to... Like, he can no longer connect with his wife. But they're but it's but the they're still But they're still on good terms. Or she's no longer able to, yeah. to connect with him. But is it his fault? It should be his fault, right? Because he's the white man. And it's always the white man's fault. I think he feels an immense amount of guilt for it because he is the one who invited his wife 
yeah. to come away for the night. So white men are guilty, but it's only by accident. I don't know if he's necessarily guilty. We don't know who committed the crime. Well, no, no, not guilty, but, like, it's his fault. But it's only by accident. <sighs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> White people have always had good intentions, even if it ends up with their Native American daughters. I don't think that white people have, good, inten have, have good intentions. I think that uh, Jeremy Renner's character in this film has good intentions. But is he not a stand-in for... For honkies in general? I don't think so. I don't think he's a traditional honky. <laughs> he's he's their honky. Uh, <laughs> who's, who's honky? <laughs> when like when Elizabeth Olsen was like first introduced to to like the the Native American people in, in the movie, there's like obviously a lot of uh there's a lot of like friction there. And and then like they're all like palling around with Jeremy Renner, and all I could think was, uh, they don't like the, her as a honky, but him, he's their honky. Yes, that's true. He's their their honky homeboy. And why is that? Just because he married a Native American person. I think it's I mean, more. I think it's more I think than he, that. I guess he does re like respect the traditions of. He does. Of of and that he particular and he, tribe. He respects the land, and I think he has an understanding. Without having experienced it himself, I think he has an understanding of what these people have gone through. And as a result, not only does he have respect for them, I think he has a respect for the land, which is why that is essentially what his job is. Let's talk about the land. Okay. Because this movie, right, it's in this, like, gorgeous location. Sure. You've got, we're in Wyoming. It's very snowy. It's very beautiful. It's very scenic. A lot of opportunities to just sit with some beautiful, like, landscape cinematography mm -hmm. and Sheridan doesn't do it at all like we never I never got a sense that this land was like truly like lived in by any of these people it never felt like we were truly like being dropped into a specific location to like understand you know what what it is about that particular place that that means so much to the people who who are living there and who do spend their time there and it's just like such a, it, it's such a, a, a fumbled opportunity. Like you have this amazing, you know, scape and scope that you can, that you can show to us. And instead we're like stuck with these terrible, like shaky cam close up shots of Jeremy Renner's sad face. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do think, I understand your point. I do think that... Um, a more majestic director could have figured out a way to make the land itself a character visually like the way you're describing. Right. Um, certainly. Like Denny would have done that. Yes. Well, like, that, that is what Denny does. Yeah. That's in, Denny's like, thing. In Prisoners, you feel like you're in the suburbs of Pennsylvania. Yes. It, it, it feels like a true, real place that, that, that means something to to the story that you're trying to tell. Like, the location is the location for a specific reason. Right. And that's given to us right. through... Don't get me wrong. I do not think that Taylor Sheridan is a better director than Denis Because <laughs> he's certainly not. He, I mean, there are a lot of people that he's not better than. Yes. Yes. But he's certainly not a better director than <laughs> Denis Villeneuve. Um, I think that what he's trying to get across, though, I do think is still conveyed adequately so. Because... 
ultimately what's important about the land in regard to the people that live in this area and the characters is that it's treacherous. Um, I didn't feel that though. Oh, but of course. I mean, simply not knowing where you're supposed to be going, uh, how cold it is constantly. I didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel the, I didn't feel how cold it was. I didn't feel any sort of like danger or treachery or like disorientation, you know, when it was like blizzarding or anything. I didn't feel that. Like characters told us like, oh man, it's a cold one out here today, huh? But it doesn't, I was thinking about Fargo a lot. Like Fargo is like another good example of, of using cinematography mm -hmm. to, to just like, to, to convey to us what the, the location is and how characters are meant to interact with it. And you get how cold and crisp it is there. Um, I don't know if it's like a, a, a coloring thing or, or, or what, or like a, you know, specific shot um, choice, but I never got that in this. I only knew it was cold because Elizabeth Olsen said, it's below six. Wow, that's freezing. There's more to it than that, though. There's, 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 there's far more to it than that. Um, I mean, the whole, the whole aspect of Natalie dying in the snow, what happens to Pete uh, at the end? Um, that Pete scene was rough. In what way was it rough? Um, just one, the, the actor's choice to, to just go really belligerent with it was was very tough. You didn't like Pete's performance? I didn't like Pete's performance. I thought the whole thing, it, it was it, it, it was kind of a foregone conclusion of what was going to happen. Um, and the way that we got there, it didn't carry like the emotional weight that it, it should have. Um, that was my favorite part of the movie. Really? It's just a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of like, if you tell me the truth, I'm going to let you go. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, he's going to die in the snow. And, you know, Jeremy Renner is a real righteous dude. And that guy was bad for what he did. And he'll, he'll get what he deserves, you know, and his punishment will be to die the same exact way that that girl died. And isn't that justice? Okay. That's not, that's not, that's not justice. Round of applause. That's, that's the wilderness, man. Is it the wilderness? Yes. That's Jeremy Renner getting a sense of justice. I mean, justice in the sense that Natalie was put in this position because of something they did, and now he's put in this position because of what Jeremy Renner did. He's giving him the same chance that Natalie had. Yeah. But that was obvious. That was always obvious that it was going to happen. Sure. At the, that it was, we knew going into that scene that that was how it was going to end. But there was nothing in that scene that that uh, that like enhanced our, our our knowledge of what was about to happen, or gave us any emotional weight in terms of like connecting it back to what has already happened. But I think it's a it's an, like it's an immense and it's an immense moment of catharsis for for Jeremy Renner because he keeps saying, "I need to hear you say it. I need to hear you say it." And of course, it's a it's a relation to his daughter as well. Like, yeah. I need to know what probably happened. Yeah, it's it's more so for him. Than it is for for the actual for pun Pete. no for the actual for punishment really it's yeah something. I guess I don't know man it didn't hit for me it didn't hit but I think at that point in the movie I was already like fairly checked out yeah so it, sure. like nothing was gonna hit unless um, it was like like the best written scene I've ever sure. uh, I've ever heard um, and yeah it was it, it what like, it um. What did you like about the film? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Honestly, not that much. Wow. 
I really didn't. I didn't dig this movie. Um, I did not dig it. I think, like I said before, like I was just always gonna butt heads with the sensibilities of this movie. Um, I don't think Taylor Sheridan and I see the world in similar ways at mm-hmm. all. Um, I don't dig Jeremy Renner and his also like he's also in that like uh like modern day cowboy kind of mold. Um, it just doesn't jive for me. Um. And I didn't think that there was there was nothing in, in this movie that was that was ever going to change my mind in terms of in terms of like how it was put together and how it was crafted and how it was directed. I think the writing is like okay. A really good director could have made this something somewhat interesting, mm-hmm. like D- Denis' version. It's easy to go back to Denis because they they've done something together, which I haven't seen, but I've heard is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I would expect it to be. Um, but if you give it to like, if you put this in Denise's hands, like we're, we're going to get, um, we're going to, we're going to get something that, that is like, that's, how do I want to put this? We want to, we would get something that is like, actually like, like, like challenges our ideas of like existential thought and like who we are and how we connect to our lands and like the chaos around it and the law, lawlessness around it and like taking that law and morality like into our own hands um, in a way that Sheridan just like, you just couldn't get there. I think he has a lot of shortcomings as a director. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if you pairing that with just like not agreeing or not vibing with his outlook on the world, it was just doomed for me to not like it. It sure seems that way. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. (laughs) Um, I think in terms of everything you've said, what I agree with the most is the fact that, uh, the direction is weak. Mm -hmm. Um, if I had to say, if I had to pick one thing about the movie that I wasn't crazy about, it would be the direction, um, for a number of the reasons you, yes. Keep going. For a number of the reasons you, you, you've spoken about. Um, I also think uh, structurally there's some weird things going on, but um, what? Go ahead. You just had a light bulb. I had a light bulb. There yes. was one thing that I liked. Yes. Bernthal is in it, and Bernthal's great. John Bernthal is is always, always is always great. cool to see in movies. Yes. Um, so there was that. But his scene, the scene that he wasn't, sucked. I see. That's like the structurally, like that was a really weird choice, and I think it was meant to carry a lot of weight and like but it didn't again it's a, it's a, it, that's like an example of a flashback that doesn't tell us anything new about what it is that we're watching happen in like our current timeline you well know? uh sure like it's just like i think we have we're we're re- we at that point we're reaching the point of having some idea yeah of what's going on and what's happening Um, but I think that, you know, what's the reason, at least that I think it was exciting is because you immediately find out, okay, it's not like one per, it's this group of people that's Mm -hmm. behind it. And the second we snap back, we're like, oh, she's in this position. What's about to happen? And that's when the chaos ensues and everyone just starts shooting. (sighs) Um, yes. No, no, go ahead. I feel like I've hijacked most of this conversation that's that's completely fine uh this has been an excellent challenge uh, yeah, we, for me. i want to i want to hear why i have to work very hard why i should like this movie 
Well, I think that I don't think I'm going to change your mind uh, in any way for the reason that you said. I think that I think that fundamentally the way the way at least you see the world or, or the stories that resonate with you. I think the truth is that this is, and there's a reason that the main, the main character is a white man, is because this is a film about what it means to not be one of these people, but to know how oppressed they were and are, and simply making this film by wanting to have a piece of media and a, giving them a voice to whatever degree he can. And, you know, I've not seen really a film, I think, that has kind of done that to mm -hmm. the degree that he's trying to. Sure, you know, you have like The Last of the Mohicans or whatever. Uh, but, you know, that's Daniel Day-Lewis. And that's ridiculous. That, that's, that's, that I would agree with you. It was just like, this is preposterous for Daniel Day-Lewis. Um... But I I like I like the ruggedness of it. I I can't disagree with you that I think that there are, are just um, fundamental filmmaking aspects of it that I think are a little washy. Mm -hmm. But the reason it works for me is because I I I'm able to get on board for what I think he's trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I just I like that whole lawless land kind of vibe and yeah. film. I think it's just a, an ultimately a taste thing. I think uh, the the chaos that ensues, mm -hmm. particularly in the flashback, is yes. um, like non-existent <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a sense. I think uh, okay. it, it, I think it's weird that most of the movie is shot in like a like weird shaky cam, um, like close up sort of way, and then when we get to the flashback where like the awful thing that happens to Natalie happens, like that's when he decides to do like some steadier like more mm -hmm. still shots when really like in that moment we should be getting a sense of chaos and and anarchy and like disorientation in terms of like what's going around and the violence that like is about to, to bubble over not only here but then when we flash back forward um and for some reason like that's the most still moment and i don't know if it's supposed to be still because like he really wants us to like get the gravity of what's happening but like we're we're always going to get the gravity of what's happening because of what's happening um and he's not doing anything like like film uh yeah, filmmaking wise to 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 get us to like understand and like get in the mindset of um of like the terror and like the 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 horror of of what we're about to experience like i never felt i never felt like he like he got us there emotionally and then when we flash back forward to the gunfight that breaks out um it I mean, I guess it was like kind of cool, but it just felt like a gunfight for the sake of having a gunfight because we were at that point in the movie where like we need violence because, mm -hmm. you know, there's I think guns. When I say chaos, I mean, I think the reason I think that that coming to the realization of what happens in that flashback is effective is we learn that, you know, Matt, what we learn in that scene is that Matt died trying to protect her. 
Mm-hmm. We learn that how you know why she ran. Uh, we learn who is responsible. The group of people are responsible. And immediately it's like, oh, these are the people that one of our protagonists is now surrounded by that we're about to go back to. And before we even have a chance to realize what's happening or what's going to happen, she gets shot through the door. And then, gets you know, yeeted. she gets yeeted <laughs> off the fucking platform. Uh, that was that was another thing that I enjoyed. Getting yeeted off Just the platform? Just people getting yeeted. yeeted by a shotgun blast? Yeah. Um, and I guess what I liked is because there's no... You know, it's 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 gritty, it's messy, it's just a bunch of guys in a huddle, all not even really probably knowing who's on whose side. Yeah. Just firing off at each other. Um because there's no law here. Like there's like you have no jurisdiction here, oh you have no jurisdiction here. It's it's you know, it's just all this idea that like out here there is no authority. Um, which I think is why I enjoy him describing to her why he doesn't consider her lucky, why he respects that she is alive. It's for that reason. But he also saves her. Well... In that that gunfight. Yes, but she... You know, it's not like she keels over and doesn't fight at all. No, no. But he still saves her. That that is true, yes. Yeah. Like, but she would... Right, she still would would have died. And it's... Again, like, this whole, like, my question of, like, why is Jeremy Renner the one who gets to be the most okay through all of this nonsense? We're like, like, Ben dies in the gunfight. Elizabeth Olsen gets jacked up. And then Jeremy Renner, you know, gets to snipe away and save the day. And it's like, why is the, the white guy the one who is allowed to do that? And, like, why? And, that, like, that's the difference between something like this and something like Silence of the Lambs, where it, like, really, truly is, uh, like, Jodie Foster's character who has, like, all of the agency and she is the reason, like, why the day is saved at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Same with, with uh, Franny Mac in Fargo. Like, she's the reason why things are okay at the end of the day. Elizabeth Olsen is kind of just, like, there. And she fights, and that's good, and that's admirable. And, like, Natalie fights, and I'm sure Jeremy Renner's daughter's character fights, but Mm -hmm. they still get jacked up. But he doesn't. Like, well... He's still the driving force, it's not Elizabeth Olsen. Well, of course, because she... Is a woman. No. Oh. No. What happened there? She is not a person of this place. She's the outsider. Her character is there to convey to us watching just how different these people are in terms of their lifestyle. She, being from the city, you know, has no understanding of the culture. The big city of Daytona Beach, Florida. Exactly. (laughs) She has no understanding of these people, the culture, the lifestyle out here, how dangerous it is, the wilderness, what people are willing to do. Um, you know, she's knocking on a door and people are firing guns at her and she's, you know, blown away by this and she doesn't understand how it is. Well, quite literally, you she doesn't, you know, she shoots, uh, one of the drug addicts yeah. and she's like, no, Ben, we have to wait for EMS because that's what you do. Yeah. And he's just like, no, that's not how it works out here. It's like, if you get shot, there's no help coming. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, look, I understand your point, but ultimately because the final moments are not about her. They're about him. Mm. They're about him. And this, I, I think this is the intention is that he's a force in the wilderness representing his friend and his family and these people. Even but why though can't they do it themselves, it's like I understand you're stripping away their their agency. If you want to make a movie celebrating Native Americans and like women and how tough and resilient they are, like make them the focus of the film and like give them true agency to push the story forward. I understand what you're saying. The reason yeah. I'm okay with it and the reason it works for me is because of that scene that he has with his friend Martin. Mm -hmm. on the stoop and he says martin i'm a what do you think i'm doing i'm a hunter and martin says well then get off my stoop and go do it kind of thing and it's like there's this weird respect that the two have like jeremy yeah. renner knows that he's you know he's probably the only white man mm -hmm. these people are ever going to respect and even to that degree, they don't even very much. You can tell by the way he's talking to him. Yeah. Um, but he's going to go, you know, he, he, he has this connection to these people. And he's going to go do it. And he's like, the truth is, he is the best person for the job. Because that is his job. Why couldn't... Why couldn't the character just have been a Native, Native American? American? Yeah. Sure. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> because then I think that the whole perspective of the lens of which he's trying to tell the story through would be completely different. I understand that maybe you could still succeed at it by still having Elizabeth Olsen be Elizabeth Olsen and she yeah. learns about it yeah. because And then she becomes, guy... the, like, I get what you're saying with, like, the scene with Martin where he's, like, mm -hmm. kind of acting on Martin's behalf. Yes. Like, he's doing this on behalf of the community, so to speak. But, like, could like, could have just been Elizabeth Olsen. Sure, it could, it could have. have just been, you know, her being a white person butting up against this community and like, you know, what's going on there and needing to learn. and Right. And but I think in order for it to function the way that he wants it to is it needs to be someone who's not from there, not only not from there, but is white and that she learns about this place and this this people via another white character who has been to a degree indoctrinated because of his time living there and living with them. I think that's sort of what they're going for. I do. I and understand like, your point. I guess that's kind of allegorical to Taylor Sheridan. Where yes. Like he, you know, as non-native people, like we are being exposed to this through another non-native person and he's kind of amplifying it for them. Yes. But it just didn't, I don't know, it didn't get all the way there for me. Sure. And I think I, it's it's mostly the directing, but I think in some ways it's also kind of the script. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's if it's like juicy enough, and if there's like there should be more moments like that that scene with Martin and that kind of when you when you when you mentioned it, um, it kind of like hit something for me, mm -hmm. and like that made that makes sense that mm -hmm. he is acting on Martin's behalf. For I think community. I think that happens. There's another moment like that that I think happens. 
when Chip, Natalie's brother, is in the back of the police car mm -hmm. and Jeremy Renner is, is chatting with him and trying to get information out of him. And he's Chip is talking about how he just wants to fight the whole world. Um, and he, what's interesting is that he is grilling Jeremy Renner, Renner Jer <laughs> Jeremy Renner for being a white boy. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's just another white boy like you. Like, he has no, even in that scenario, like, he has little respect yeah. for him. But he... What I think what's trying to be conveyed is that the kind of pain, the thing that's being taken from you, taken from these people, right? Uh, their land, their 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 food, their livestock, their their uh, their heritage. Um, the this idea of things being taken from people. I think the reason that Jeremy Renner has such a respect is the wrong word, but such an understanding of that pain not to compare one type of pain to another but because yeah. he literally has something someone snatched mm -hmm. from his life um so i think that's sort of what he's trying to do with that mm -hmm. um and i i think that scene with chip in the backseat of, of the car uh is along the same vein as that that scene with martin mm -hmm. because because, you know, Chip is literally being condescending towards him, being a... Well, I mean, even Ben kind of is to him yeah. throughout it. I, I Kind of like on that same note is the scene with Elizabeth um, when she goes to Natalie's parents' house. Mm -hmm. And she's... Um, she, like go, she wants to go talk to the mom, and the mm -hmm. mom is, like, physically harming herself. Um, and then Ben kind of, like, closes... He closes the door, and it was... Actually, this is actually like one pretty good scene, but she's just like sitting there in silence, like, and you can tell that she's very uncomfortable, and she's like literally being locked in with them and their pain, mm -hmm. um, and that's like the only moment that she really gets to actually connect to the the Wind River community, mm -hmm. like, and this like the people of this tribe, um, and like something like that is like kind of cool. Um, so I guess there are some things that I <laughs> that I like that I liked about this movie, um, but you know they are kind of far and few few be sure. Um, and it never it, like we're we're like we're getting there, but mm -hmm. we never fully dive in in any sort of um, in any sort of like real and just like we never fully just go in. Um, we kind of dipping our toes into the pool, um, and then I, I just think that the the whole setup of the movie like inherently just holds it back from being what it truly can be um it's like a really it's a really difficult movie to to make sure um yes when you're like centering it on jeremy renner not yes not only not only is it difficult to make it's difficult i think for a lot of people especially today for it to be palatable mm -hmm. you know Two of our uh, a film about the oppression of Native Americans and two of the main and the two main characters are white. Yeah, it's a hard hump to get over. It, sure. it, it yeah, dude, kind of like that that mountain. Oh, and like Pete, dude, he can't get dude. over that mountain. No, dude. make it to the freeway, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that was just it's about as far as uh, she she ran in the snow. And she's a fighter, dude. Yeah, are you a fighter? <laughs> <laughs> you can't be a fighter because you're white. <laughs> Only me and Elizabeth Olsen get to be fighters. That's true. All the other hockeys are 
Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. only two good honkies. Yeah, well, there's three good honkies. That's true. Bernthal's a good Bernthal's honky. a good honky. He's a good honky. Yeah, he's a good honky. Too many good honkies. No, and they're all in Wind River, Wyoming, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. Oh, it's uh... it's uh, it's it's tough. It's mm-hmm. it's a tough movie to make. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Sheridan was up for the task. Sure. Uh, I what I will say is I think in terms of uh, discussions that we've had regarding film, I don't know if we've ever quite been so no on opposite ends of of the it, spectrum no about something. I know this what we're about to rate this, and this is about to be heartbreaking for both of us. Yeah, because uh, are we about to rate it? I feel like I still have so much. Oh, I feel go, like oh, we still well, have then, so much more to uh, say. Well, but we've been we've been going for a while. We have. Well, what else? We what else going. you got? Give me what else. I don't do? know. If, I don't know if I if I actually do have have all that much more um, about it. Um. Yeah, I think I I think I've said pretty much everything that I need to. To say with the um, with regards to this movie, the mm-hmm. just the laugh out loud nature of, of some of the directing choices were were just it was so abysmal. Mm-hmm. The the misdirection of the of the flashback. I don't think it was an, inten- an intentional misdirection because it's like it was like oh who's answering the door and then <laughs> and then it's, it's like, I, it didn't feel like a misdirection. Yeah, but in that if it like went on for a while, yeah, then sure, but it was just like oh we're here now. Kind yeah, I think it was supposed to be a slight misdirection. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's read it out. All right. Let's get okay. Let's get into it. Raph, you I want, want I want first, I, I want you to go first. Okay. I want, you, I want to get this pain out of the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it's probably not as bad as you as you think it would sure. be. Sure. Um, I. I gave this movie two and a half out of five stars. Okay. Um, I I could have given it two. Yes. Um, I was expecting one and a half. One no, it's <laughs> not one and a half is like, for like like Joker. You sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Josh Trank's fantastic. Oh yeah, that's a that's solid, like a one. That's like a half. Dude. Yeah. Thanks. No, actually one because like you always say, there were people that were on set and yeah. made this. Yeah. Um. Two and a half. The, I think during this discussion, you've opened my eyes to uh, some of the intention that was there mm-hmm. uh, from Sheridan. I, I do think that he is a, a pretty good writer, mm-hmm. um, and I think he should stick to writing. I, I, I truly believe. Um, I don't know how good this movie could be just because of the degree of difficulty. Um, you would need someone who's like just really like on their game and and under, understands what Sheridan is trying to do in the script um, and what kind of movie that, um, like, what kind of movie that needs to translate to. Um, but I think the, uh, the there's a certain degree of ambition here, mm-hmm. which is always something uh, that I can appreciate, even if you fall short. Uh, but I, ju- I just think that uh, ultimately... Sheridan's uh, inability to direct is <laughs> is 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 mostly what what holds this movie back. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it could have been, it could have been something like really special, but you know, it, it just it doesn't quite get there. Very very well said. Um, in the same regard, uh, 
you have highlighted to me some of the directorial issues with this that I think I don't or didn't pick up. I've seen this movie many times. Mm -hmm. um, And it's funny, I didn't actually pick up on a number of those things, I guess, because I wasn't really looking for them critically. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I am am, uh, uh, enthralled by this movie for a number of reasons. I really, I haven't quite seen much like it or much like it in the terms of what it's trying to do. I think ambition is the right word that you use. And yes, ambition is a valiant thing. Execution is also good, <laughs> but ambition is nice too. Um, that said, I think I think the cast is good. Uh, I think the script uh, is pretty darn good. I like the setting. I like the subject matter. Um, I'm going to give this film... Four out of five stars. What? <laughs> no. Uh, that's kind of what I figured. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. I almost went down to three and a half. Okay. I almost brought you down. You almost brought me down. Were you higher before? No. No, 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 no. Okay. I was at... I'm kind of like a 3.9 right now. It's a soft four. I'll, I'll say it's a soft four, and that pains me to say because I do like the movie so much. But the truth is... Dude, you love a good soft four. <laughs> I love a soft four, bro. Uh, the truth is, I think, and I think about this a lot now in terms of rating movies, is how many other movies we've given, like, fours to. And I'm like, um, like, Sicario is a four. And okay. I'm like, oh, is this movie as good as Sicario? And I'm yeah. like, maybe not. But, you know, it's it's hard to... Numerically, some of these films are, like, hard to... Yeah. It's, it's not hard, every it's, three and a half and four. They're not all built the same. Right, exactly. And it's, it's hard to weigh rating something based on personal enjoyment and preference versus, you know, being critical of it in terms of a product that's made mm-hmm. when weighed against other products mm-hmm. that are made and in terms of the craft of making the thing so yeah. it's it's always trying to find a balance in between that i will be honest that i think that i am a little biased towards the movie mm-hmm. uh just in terms of my tastes i think that probably an average moviegoer would give it somewhere in between yeah i think they would probably be in the three Maybe mm-hmm. three and a half range. That's fair. I could I can see that. Mm-hmm. I think most people would I think most people would be closer to where you are mm-hmm. than where I am. I think I think I'm definitely looking at it with a sort of coastal elite kind of uh <laughs> uh just you know, sort of taste in, in movies. Um mm-hmm. not to say that I don't like, you know, westerns or like neo-westerns or or anything Mm -hmm. like that like you can make some some really fucking good ones for sure um but yeah Uh, i i just i think in terms of personal taste this was this was not a movie for me mm -hmm. and uh the fact that i don't think taylor sheridan is good at making movies and Mm -hmm. crafting them um is is like just another (laughs) another detriment to it for me absolutely it's hard to rate movies without, you know, personal taste. That's, That's like, true. That, yes. Um, it, it is. It is very difficult. They're 
movies are inherently subjective. Right. Uh, the the objective things. Um, I think that's uh, it's interesting you say that because what I'm realizing is that this conversation we've had, I think that I'm so I feel so strongly about it from a subjective view mm -hmm. of what the movie's communicating to me, and I think that uh, I think your sub your subjective mm -hmm. uh, taste towards it I think is probably a little bit better than objectively what you think about the actual building blocks yeah. of it yeah. as a product itself. Mm -hmm. um, very rarely do I see past mm -hmm. holes in the brick wall. Yeah. But I really like the way the brick wall looks. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. I even think, and this is like a discussion for another day, mm -hmm. but the, like, the objective criticism of movies is also inherently subjective. Sure. Like what I what what one does consider to be you know good shot composition or editing or mm -hmm. script writing or acting um it like what i think is good is going to be different from what someone else thinks is good and there's no like there's no blanket template that works for for every movie obviously like those things um and the way that you use them need to vary depending on what kind of movie mm -hmm. you are making. Um, but like, I think that certain, you know, shot choices and editing choices are better than others. And so if I say that something is like objectively bad for those reasons, it's because of my personal taste of how sure. they should be used. For Ob objectivity this through subjectivity. Yeah. It's <laughs> interesting. Like we could have a whole podcast of it. Yeah. Um, well, this I in, in you know, in spite of our differences and yeah. our taste towards it, this was actually a very enjoyable discussion. Uh, I've never felt I've had to fight so hard before. To I know we don't really disagree on no we're, a whole lot. We're pretty aligned in in most of our in most yeah. of our things. Uh, I think I think when I don't like something, it's easier for you to I think bring me up a little bit. <laughs> but when the shoe's on the other <laughs> foot, I feel like I have I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Uh, which is, you know, I'm very stubborn it, in, well, in, yes. in what I like, but that's, what I, you know, what I don't okay. like. You know what you like. Yeah, uh, all of that said, Raph, would yep. you recommend this film? Wow. That, that's a loaded question. Um, I, I feel like I typically do recommend movies, even ones that I don't, mm -hmm. that I don't like, or ones that I think are bad. Um, usually because I think, you know everyone needs to see an example of a bad movie to, to know like why then like good movies are good. Sure. Um, you know, you need to see Joker to understand why the master is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 2021 December. We're talking about one river and the Joker still <laughs> still makes its way. Into our the Joker will always make its way. And you need to see fantastic four to understand why Thor Ragnarok is is good, right. you know? Right. Um, but for this movie, I, uh, I'm i going to go against my typical, you know, recommend versus not recommend. And mm. I, I would not recommend this movie. No. Um, I just, um, I don't know. I don't, it's because it's something that I don't like. I wouldn't say, hey man. Sure. Or hey, hey girl. Or hey you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
you <clears throat> watch Wind, Wind River. Sure. You know? um, I just think there are better movies that you could could sure. be watching. I'll I'll recommend something that I think is is good. Mm-hmm. Any uh, well said. <laughs> Any trepidation I would have recommending this movie would be from a sense of I I don't think I think it's even if you en- were to enjoy the film. I think that it's a tough pill to swallow mm-hmm. in terms of a story. I don't think it's necessarily a feel-good movie in any regard. Um, so I think it would entirely depend on the subject, mm-hmm. whether I would recommend it to the person or not. I'm 50-50. Uh, I, if, if I just had to give a blanket answer, I would say, yes, I do. I would recommend it. You recommended it to me. That's true. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, I thought maybe, <laughs> I hoped that you would dig it. Uh, and then I woke up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night last night. And I just knew, I was like, I knew I was in for a day today. Um, but yeah, across the board, I would say this is something I like. Mm-hmm. You may not. Watch it and let's have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's that's Taylor Sheridan's Wind River. Yeah, Raph. Uh, Dude, thanks for thanks for a good discussion. That was a, a good. Uh, a you good did discussion. you did convince me that there that there are some nuggets to enjoy. Sure. So and you convinced me that. that there are some sour ones in yeah. there, uh, as well. That's what I'm here for, dude. I'm here to rain on parade, dude. Rain on my parade, bro. <laughs> Raph, who are you? Where can you be found? Dude, my name is Raph. I can be found raining on parades on the internet, on Instagram and Twitter, and on Letterboxd. Uh, <laughs> at Raph Stitt, all one word, R-A-F-S-T-I-T-T, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Letterboxd. If you want me to rain on your parade, hit me up there, and I will gladly ruin your favorite movie for you. <laughs> Mike, where can we find you? I can be found on the Instagrams at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore, that's R-U-O-C-C-O, Michael Romeo Rocco underscores in between and at the end. That's on Instagram. I can also be found on Twitter and Letterbox at Michael underscore Rocco. That's R-U-O-C-C-O. And you can find both Raph and myself on the pod at straight2dvdpod on Instagram. Twitter and Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I did it again. I was on. I had a pretty good. You had a good. You had a good run. And then I second guessed myself and <laughs> fucked it up again. And wherever you find your podcasts, this is true. So that's us, baby. That is another us. week. Uh, next week should be a treat. I have a feeling. And when I say treat, I don't mean treat. A trick. A big trick. Uh, I saw, I think, were you the one that sent this next week? We're going to be seeing Spider-Man leave Uh, me in my home. (laughs) Spider-Man Home Alone. Right. Spider-Man, no, please. Please, God. Please, I need to get home. I need to go home. That's how I'm going to be in the theater. We're seeing that on Friday, yes? So that's what you have to look forward to next week. I have to rewatch Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man 1, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man... Homecoming Spider-Man Far From Home to get prepared. <laughs> Do we have to watch Spy- Into the Spider-Verse as well? I don't think so. Okay. I might just watch that one. I think I will because I like that movie. Yeah. And then that'll be like my frame of reference for the new one of like, oh no, this is what, this is what a multi- multi- 
dimensional Spider-Man movie should be. <laughs> oh, it's going to be painful. It's going to be fun. I think we'll agree on that one. That's, it's going to be an interesting conversation, to say the least. Yeah. I think we should bring in some of our colleagues for that. I would love to. Uh <laughs> Would I, I though? That, Not really, but I would love to. That would be a, that would be a fun round table. Okay, to do. maybe we could even do a, a. If we can't get everyone together, because some of our colleagues are now out of town, maybe we could even do a a little zoomy or zoomer. Something? Yeah, my zoom episode. We'll but see. Yeah, that's what we have to look forward to. That's us, baby. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Oh. Later, deuces. Mm-hmm.